Tavis has great success with agent outreach and he's developed those, those personal relationships with honestly is like, it's amazing if you can have that. Uh, but the statistic that I thought was crazy is I talked to a cold calling real estate company. I mean, we always talk about convenience, you know, convenience is when opportunities show up. So, I mean, one that I'm working right now is a, a Plano deal and believe it's divorce. And so speed is the name of the game and convenience on that one. You are now listening to the Real Estate Heavyweights Podcast. You see this guy here staring back at you? That's your toughest opponent. Every time you get into the ring, that's who you're going against. I believe that in boxing, and I do believe that in life. Your weekly deep dive into DFW real estate, life, and beyond. With your hosts, Tavis Westbrook and Ashton Hines. Well, good morning, and thank you for joining us once again for the Real Estate Heavyweights podcast. And uh, man, this is this is an awesome week. We came off of Thanksgiving week. I apologize. You know, there's at, there's not millions of people listening just yet, but of the people that are listening regularly, I apologize for not uploading uh, when I told you I was going to. I tried to get it up for last week's Thanksgiving, but. We're getting caught up. We got a, a good routine. We just came off of an awesome interview that we're going to bring to you next Tuesday, George Roddy. So please keep an eye out for that. I'm man. I uh, Tavis and I just got through talking with him, and he's awesome. So that that is going to be the next phase of the Real Estate Heavyweights University. We talked about flipping for about six episodes, and we we really went deep into how to flip a house, things to, to think about, and that sort of thing. Go back, listen to those. Those are some really, really good uh, episodes, but we're going to move into more of a, an interview format there. We're still going to dive deep every once in a while, but we're going to find some awesome people in the DFW area and uh, probably nationally at some point that talk about real estate, their journey, the lessons that they can uh, teach you. And if if they're all like George's, I'm just going to preview this. If they're all like George, like this will be an amazing, amazing podcast because he he set the bar extremely high for our first interview. So uh, please tune in for that. He, he did an awesome job. So I'm Ashton Hines, one half of the real estate heavyweights. And uh, I'm the newbie of the group. I'm, I'm working on flip number four. I'm a real estate agent, but I also work full time as a, a physical therapist assistant. I'm helping people uh, with their balance after surgery, that sort of thing, dri- driving all over town. I'm pretty busy with therapy these days. Joining me in my quest to conquer the real estate world is my friend, Tavis Westbrook, the other half of the real estate heavyweights, and he joins us this morning. How are you doing, Tavis? What it be? What it be? Man, I'm doing well. I'm excited to, uh, I'm excited to launch these episodes this week because I think that interview is going to be it's going to be awesome. So I'm looking forward to how the audience reacts out there. And just so yes. I can say it now, before I forget, uh, a lot of you guys have uh, have been reaching out and dropping nuggets back to me and uh, letting me know uh, that you guys are tuned in and enjoying the show. So thank you so much. If you guys yes. would, please, I don't know if you can do it on Spotify, but I know on Apple Podcasts, there is an option there to drop a review. Aston, you might be able to tell them about the Spotify one, but... Uh, I don't think you can do a review on Spotify. I'll double check. You can put us a five star. You know, you can give us the yeah. The you can rate five us. star review. You can rate us, but yeah, I don't know that there's an actual review. I think Apple allows that, and uh, yeah, but yeah, it, you know, whatever platform you're listening to, you know, click the uh, subscribe button, the follow button, so you can know when we're uploading things. Give us a review. Click the five stars. It really does help. And um, you know, the big thing is just 
click the the share button and send it to a friend. And I promise you, I, I don't want to oversell it, but if, once you hear George in the interview, you'll be like, "Look, do more of that." You know, <laughs> like uh, like we 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 talk great. We got a lot to offer, but trust me, there's people out there that just in Dallas, like we could just interview people from Dallas and will blow you away with their life experience and the things that they've got going. So Tavis, we were talking a little bit offline. Why don't you update us? I know that uh, you've got a lot of irons in the fire. You don't have a flip going right now, but I, I think you're working on some wholesale stuff. So, so talk a little bit about that deal over in Plano that you're working with. Uh, yeah. So before I do that, though, I do want to drop a line out there. Um, any of you guys that are in the Garland area or nearby, I think um, the Marquesita Sweet Shop is uh, my last, one of my last tenants, I guess, to get um, settled in over there on our strip center in Garland. This is located at 1918 East Miller Road. And I believe this weekend, Saturday, they're going to have their a soft grand opening and this place is like a you know mexican based sweet shop so kind of a, a bakery if you will for desserts and decolates and also they're gonna do elotes some you know fruit cups and you know all that good stuff mm. with the tahine and and uh the chamoy i'm talking about <laughs> so anyways i'm excited for them that i know it's been quite the journey for them um the last couple of weeks just getting through final inspections and things like that with the health department etc but they finally got their co yesterday so i'm excited um and uh you know it's it's exciting to see other businesses grow obviously it helps us out but i'm excited to see their business start out and flourish as well so uh mm -hmm. if you guys are in the area this weekend and then also i believe the state farm office actually officially opens their first day in business is uh december 1st so i'm excited to see that happen um so anyways that's where part of my time has been is trying to make sure these guys are good to go we got a new monument sign going in uh this week in the parking lot so uh excited to see all that uh happen uh as far as the business front goes and lead front goes i've gotten several leads this week so thank you guys for who has sent those in and uh, we've got a couple that are working, so a couple irons in the fire. We'll kind of see what happens. Some offers that uh, haven't been rejected yet. So uh, there's always hope until that happens, right? So that's kind of what I'm working on right now. One in Farmer's Branch, one in Plano. So we'll see what happens with that. And um, other than that, man, we're just trying to finish out the year strong and line up goals and things for the new year. I think you and I were talking strategy the other day, just trying to come up with some new new uh, techniques yep. and see what's, uh, what's going to work going into the new year for uh, yeah. acquisitions. Yeah, man. We Well, first of all, tell your folks down uh, over in Garland, if they need someone to write a review about Elote, I am there because Elote... And uh, tablitas, you, you brought you, you brought me on a tablitas. Uh, that is a short rib that you can find at the Latin market that's uh, pre-marinated. And holy cow, it's awesome! And I I, I was uh, brought onto a lote. I don't know a year or two ago. I don't think I'd ever had it. I think it was probably at a fair or something. And you know, uh, we were actually in Cabo, and they had a, a street vendor with some elote there. Oh my gosh, that stuff is yeah. great. So it's yeah, you, corn, you tell them corn in a cup. Mixed with uh, yep, corn in a cup, sour cream, or cheat cotija cheese, Co and yep. 
some, you know, chili pepper or whatever. People do it differently. I love to do it on the grill, get a little char on that corn and, oh, man. I may, I may have to go get some elote for lunch. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, you can tell the real estate heavyweights get distracted about. <laughs> we get distracted about food. Have a little bit of food every once in a while. But yeah, so we're talking about, Tavis and I are talking about like how we're going to move our business forward in the next year. I'm wrapping up a flip over on Mapleton. And I know I've said it before. I really do think we're going to list this week. The pictures are today. It's been oh, staged. You are. It looks awesome. You are. You have to speak it into existence. I'm going to list this week. Yes, yeah, so the pictures are today. We're doing the twilight pictures, and so they're going to come over a little bit later in the evening because we did we did a nice job with the lights out front. So we are going to try to highlight what it looks like at night because it, it looks really cool. And uh, so those pictures are today. We're going to get the listing together, and we're going to list it uh, Thursday evening, Friday morning. That's that is what's going to happen. So, uh, and then I will. Uh, have a flood of people coming into my life this weekend trying to put an offer into that house. Yes. So I'm I'm super excited to to get that on the market. I, I I'm blown away with how it's turned out. So Mapleton is coming together, and uh, we actually have our producer technological guy that's helped us out in the 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 back end. Josh, we've mentioned him. I I also have my real estate license. I'm listing. Uh, Josh and Krista are are listing their house, and it's over in Dallas, Richardson ISD. We did the pictures and we got it all ready and we put it out there and turns out like we've been talking about, if you price it properly, you stage it, you try to do everything you can to make it presentable. And they've done an awesome job of keeping it tip top shape when people come to look at it. And we've done some open houses and on day 15, we got a solid offer. And so fingers crossed, we are, we are closing in on that option period and we're going to, we're going to move past that and get them moved on to their next chapter. So super excited about that that's been so it's really fun it's a little nerve-wracking to go through it with friends because you're like man i really hope this goes well i think everything's right you think you're doing it right but then you're like ah, oh, i really want this to go right for them so um, we're excited about that but what's funny is um tavis and i are looking at some different marketing channels and you know when you're in the investment space you can send out the flyers you can send out letters you can put out bandit signs like the signs you see on the intersections that say we buy homes and then you have the, the text blasting and you have the cold calls. And so we're just sort of exploring, like, what do people do? What are, you know, what are people having success with? Tavis has great success with agent outreach and he's developed those, those personal relationships with honestly is like, it's amazing if you can have that. Uh, but the statistic that I thought was crazy is I talked to a cold calling real estate company and they, this is what they advertise and they say, Every month, their cold callers call. You have to give them the info, but they'll call between 10,000 and 16,000 people. And they, on average, will get you 20 to 40 warm leads. And I'm like, man, that statistic is unbelievable. Because, mm. I mean, you just think about how many calls you get. Hey, are you interested in selling your house? Someone, whoever had my phone number before me lives over, you know, her name is Deborah Cervantes and she lives at 717 Via Altos Drive over in Garland because I get that call three times a day and <laughs> they want Deborah to sell the house. I'm like, it's not Deborah. But uh, yeah, those companies, if you ever wanted to know how they work, man, they call constantly. They have these dialer machines. They're just literally dialing nonstop. 10,000 to 16,000 a month, and they might get 20 to 40 leads. So, 20 to 40 um, leads. That is, that's not even leads. That's not converted. Yes. <laughs> that's right. That's not converted. Yeah. So then you still have to do the work and convert. And man, that, that is that is a grind. But, you know, we're trying to figure out how we can move our businesses forward. 
how we can get more leads. So if you're listening to this and, and you have someone else that's in the business, that's honestly the best way. We want to get to know them. We want to take them to lunch and say, this is what we're looking for. If you find something that's not MLS appropriate or you want to sell it off market, uh, think of us first. You know, Tavis, he's been in this business a long time. He's been developing those relationships over at Keller Williams, uh, Dallas Preston Road. I joined that office recently. So uh, we, we want to be someone that you think about the real estate heavyweights. We want to be in, in your your thoughts when you're out there looking at real estate. So yeah, we uh, we will be, you know, I don't know. Um, for me, I'm hoping to wholesale a few things next. I think I'm going to take a little breather after flipping this one. I've been going for about 14 months straight of flipping some stressful houses and I'd like to wholesale a few. So We'll we'll see we'll see what the next few months uh, look like, but uh, maybe I'll get a few listings going too and finish the year strong. That would be amazing. It starts with so. just getting leads, right? Get leads, we get a solid lead, and then figure out what to do with it, right? So, yep, that's yep. where it starts. It's all about it's all about getting leads. Well, why don't we go ahead and get into a little bit of a market update? So, uh, our market is is similar as far as days on market. I looked at our MLS, the overall MLS right now, you know, no filters at all is around 27 days on the market. Um, it says it's roughly three and a half months of inventory. When you narrow it down to the counties that we work in a lot, Denton, Collin, Dallas, uh, those numbers are closer to uh, around... 24, 25 days, depending on the county you look at. Some of them are jumping up a little over 30 days on market, but it's still solid. The interesting thing that I did hear uh, a local mortgage person talking about is that they, the sentiment from a lot of agents, they do feel like it is becoming a little bit more of a buyer's market in some instances where there are some price concessions. It's, it's, it's probably just, it's mellowing out and it's actually becoming a little bit of a give and take. And it's not like there's huge discounts on houses, but there are some slight price drops. There are some concessions. There's some, there's just room for negotiating. And so I think this is actually, if it could stay here for a long time, this is a healthy market. And if you really need to sell, you can drop your price. If you, if you want to be a little stubborn and try to get top dollar, you might be able to get it because there's not a ton of inventory out there. Um, so Tavis, as far as a market movement uh, what are you seeing out there as far as pricing and and negotiating and all that sort of thing uh you know i i think it's it's just getting people on the right page right like i mean we always talk about convenience you know convenience is when opportunities show up so i mean one that i'm working right now is a a plano deal and believe is divorce and so speed is the name of the game and convenience on that one price points high though so you know, we're going to have to see what the options are with that. Um, that's the tricky part is, you know, it, it's kind of the combination of everything. You got to look at um, not only is it speed and convenience, but where's the where's the buy box? Where's the exit strategy on this thing? So uh, the other one is in Farmer's Branch, you know, and, and actually both of these properties. What's interesting is both of these properties, I believe, uh, were purchased by the current owners in the last uh, five years, five five to six years, something mm. like that. So the equities gained that much to where there's enough yield in it. Essentially, we're buying it somewhere around what they paid or maybe even a little bit less potentially mm. because they need work. But, you know, there's enough yield in it now because of appreciation. So that that's kind of the big mm. aha to me over the last five years that there's been that much 
to where we can look at somebody that just purchased it within five years. Back in the day, anybody that had bought anything within the last five years, it wasn't enough yield, right? Because we were only increasing by a couple percent per year versus the last several years we've been increasing um, uh, appreciation by 10 plus percent. So anyway, so that that's kind of been interesting that, um, you know, some of these opportunities have come with uh, people that haven't owned the property very long. In the past, it's been people that have owned properties for 20, 30 years, you know, sometimes. So, yep. You know, it, it's it's still a competitive market. I mean, I think, you know, like uh, George said in our interview, you know, there's a lot of people that have been in the sandbox. There's a lot of people that got in over the last couple of years um, with the way that the market's been running like crazy. And so our competition, unfortunately, is not at the same level of expertise that that I bring to the table. So unfortunately there's a lot of situations where I get outbid, you know, and it's, it's tough, you know, um, when you look at how many at bats I go at and how many different situations, you know, where people have options right now. And, uh, I think it's becoming a little bit more realistic in some cases where maybe, you know, six months to a year ago, somebody would say, no, there's no way your offer is way too low. And then they, they can go a different way and get an offer $25,000, higher. Right now, I think that's getting a little tighter. I think there's there's there are people getting out of the game. There's people that aren't able to succeed um, in the way things are going. And I think that's a great lead into one of the articles that uh, that we looked yeah. up. If you want to if you want to kind of touch on that, I think it, it's a great way to kind of uh, connect the two together. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? From Dallas, Texas, the Flash, apparently official. There's good news and bad news. This is a massive story. Who wouldn't publish it? We landed on the moon! Man, I've got certain information, all right? Certain things have come to light. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. We'll we'll get to the flipping one that we're just alluding to. Before we get there, because I think it's a good one we can vamp on, I I just saw an interesting statistic. Oh, man, that was difficult this morning. An interesting statistic that was showing that the inflow of uh, residents from California as a net, but I think there was something like 250,000 Texans had moved to California last year, which I thought was crazy. I was like, man, uh, we we just sort of, in my mind, there's just this like, this wagon train from California leaving there, but it's it's you, you, once you back up and you look at statistics and and the big picture, there's still a lot of value in places. And I think the lesson there is, you know, when the public sentiment about something is blowing, the wind is blowing, and you hear negative, negative, negative. You know, like what George was saying, sometimes that is the time when you say, "Hmm, maybe I'm going to go over in this other sandbox." You know, and so we've heard for a long time, hey, Californians are just leaving in droves or coming to Texas. But there's this whole other movement of people that are still going there. They're still going to to New York and there's these places. And um, it, it might be that I think the lesson for me is don't just always take everything on on the news and Twitter and Instagram and all the little sound 15 second sound bites as the gospel truth. Sometimes if you start hearing more and more and more, there's not, you can't ignore it because there's probably some fact to it. 
But it's nice to back up and say, you know, why why would it make sense for these other people to be going there? I wonder if there's opportunity there. So uh, I just thought that was that was really interesting to see. But the uh, article that I had sent Tavis that we were talking about as far as the flipping goes is that flipping, is, the, the number of houses flipped is down like 30% this year. And specifically in the Dallas area, it said that the national average profit for a flip is $65,000, but in the DFW area, it's $22,000. And I thought, man, what would make that the, to be the case? And so I'm su- super curious to hear it from Tavis. But as you were talking about, you know, it, it, part of the reason I, I am a great example of this because I got in and I'm working on flip number four. My last two have been full on full flips. I think my budget was around 140 on Polk. I'm creeping up on 160 on this one on a house that should not even be close to that for a rehab. And I've had my holding costs are going to be close to 45 to 50,000, depending on how long it takes. And so if I didn't have Tavis or some other people in my life that are helping get to the finish line, I would have been sunk on this a long time ago. And so if there are people like me who who wanted to get in the game and, hey, we're moving in that direction, let's do this. There's a lot of wholesalers. There's New Western. There's this and there's hard money and like, hey, let's get into it. And then your first two projects tank. I could see like they are done, done. And they ruin the average for everyone yeah. else because they're, you know, they're upside down. So maybe I'm a good indicator as to why that number is lower. Maybe there's a lot of people like me who have put their, like the Airbnb folks, they got out there, they tried to buy Airbnb. It's harder than it looks. It's more expensive than it looks. Dallas is changing the regulations. Now people are flocking from that industry in Dallas. And so I don't know, when you saw that article, what were your initial thoughts as to what would make that make sense? You know, I, I mean, obviously, it, it hit home. You know, it hits home with. I mean, just business being down this year from last year. Um, as far as you know, the opportunities I've I've had. You know, the units moved. I guess this year uh, versus last year. So, you know, it, it's. I, I mean, you read these, and you know, you wonder what are their basis of the statistics? You know, what are the basis of the data that they're actually truly comparing it to? You know, because when you look at, you know, year over year statistics, I mean, obviously inventory has shifted, rates have gone up. You know, there's a lot of different things that that are contributed to that. But I do believe that, you know, people that have gotten in the in the game and and been buying properties to renovate and sell you know the market corrected a lot of their mistakes before and so people mm-hmm. were buying too high you know who knows what they were spending on renovations but you know because inventory was still low and in, inventory is still relatively low i think you you started this saying i mean we're still a balanced market, as we said before, six months, right? So we're still less than, I mean, we're still less inventory than that. I think you said it's like three months right now. Three and a half. So, yeah, I mean, three, we're creeping half, up yeah. closer to more of a balanced market, but we're not what we were. And because of that, I think, you know, you're seeing, I mean, here's the here's the thing. Uh, and uh, I'm going to use our interview as a, as a as a benchmark because George mentioned something about in his rehabs, he was always looking for, you know, base hits, right. And and even what he does today, it's like, can I, can I hit a single and a double, you know? And at the end of the day, I'm going to put out a good product 
that's going to undercut the market a little bit. I know that in my price point, I'm going to have one of the best products out there um, in that price point. So that way it's not going to sit. It's not going to have a shelf life. It's going to move quickly. Somebody's going to be extremely happy with it and be willing to pay my price. And, you know, we've talked about that directly into pricing and projections, right? And having these exit strategies. Now, in your case, you know, with Mapleton, I mean, I feel really confident in what we've talked about pricing yours. And we know it in comparison to one sitting on the market now for the last, what, month, two months that they've sitting on there. And they 60 days, 60 days, they're a little smaller than you. They back up to a busy road, just like you do. And and it's a decent flip. I mean, pictures look good to drag you in. There's a few anomalies that you've walked it and videoed actually that are, you know, make you scratch your head a little bit, but based on (laughs) the smallest bathroom you would ever, (laughs) but like I would not be able to use that bathroom on a regular basis because I would I would have a hard time turning around sure. in there. I mean, this is not a normal bathroom. But, but yeah, they, it has some quirks. But, but I'm yeah. sure that bathroom was added to avoid having a master suite uh, uh, attached to a common bathroom, right? So a lot of times mm-hmm. in those homes when they're built, just like Mapleton had the main bathroom of the home was also Jack and Jill style to the master. So you didn't have that privacy mm-hmm. master suite. Um, and so what you've seen now in two different comps over there is people have just put in a half bath, which in your case, mm-hmm. uh, we were able to design it to actually put in a full bath. And uh, so now you have three full baths versus two and a half, right? So it actually worked out really well um, doing what we did with yours. But all that being said, I think, um, you know, a lot of people get that wrong. And so what happens is where I've seen a lot of mistakes out there is people start cutting corners on the rehab. You know, they start cutting corners and it's obvious because the, the numbers ran high, maybe some of their infrastructure ate their lunch. And what happens is they start pulling away on the back end. And so they cut their finishes a little short. You know, maybe they don't do landscape. Maybe they don't do a fence. Maybe they don't do hardware, you know, on the cabinets. Um, maybe, you know, and, and a lot of times we're seeing people aren't spending the money to stage it. So you're just getting this vacant, cold home that, yeah, it's been renovated, but it's easy to spot flaws in a vacant, renovated home that's sitting there and you're kind of playing this up as, hey, it's been fully renovated, but you walk into it and you're like, I see a flaw here. I see a flaw here. I see a flaw here. Like, oh, this isn't done very good. Yeah, especially when the design language right now is crisp and clean. And when the walls are super flat, and everything's white, and you got these crisp lines, your finish has to be really on point because there's no hiding. And that's one of the issues with this flip down the street is it looks cool when you first walk in, but when you really spend any time there, you notice gaps in, you know, the, the air return going back to the, the, the air handler that doesn't fit. They didn't get a custom one. So there's a little gap there. You go into the bathroom, there's tile issues. There's, there's just finish issues. And when it's, white and bright and there's no staging everyone can see everything and it's you know you you're really shooting yourself in the foot i think that's to me that's what is that's when you walk in there and you see it on the pictures it's one thing you walk in there you're like yeah this this probably isn't for me well and i think it's you know the unfortunate part is that the property was lived in for a year and it's fully furnished and somebody's living there you're not going to notice all those mistakes right 
if it's priced yep. right and it's competitive, nobody's going to care because it doesn't have a spotlight on it. But when it's a vacant, renovated home and you're at the top side of value, it's got a spotlight on it. So you better make sure mm-hmm. that you're crossing all your T's and dotting all your I's. Regardless of how painful it is right now, you're bleeding money on this deal. But, you know, we talked about this in one of our recent uh, episodes, you know, about when do you know to quit or when do you know that you've done enough? And I think it's just getting to a point where there's things that aren't left undone, right? And it looks like, okay, you took it all the way through, you finished the steps, you've you've taken it all the way to the finish line, right? And I know you talked about that even like not, you you contemplated staying the fence or not, right? But that's just one of those finished touches. I mean, when you're dealing with an anomaly, like you are with backing to a busy road, that's a that's an issue we can't change. So you have to fight that with price and you have to fight it with finished details. And the fact that now you have a new fence and it is stained and you have the new poured concrete in the back, at least you walk out there. Yes, you back to a busy street, but you can't see it because you have an eight foot fence versus the old fence was six foot and it looks finished, mm-hmm. right? And it looks new. So I think that's good. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm super happy with what we've done over there. It is interesting to, to see the overall uh, flipping market has decreased. Part of that could be that some of the institutional money is harder to get. You know, some of the banks might have tightened up a little bit on on flips. I know some hard money lenders evidently have, have become harder to get. And honestly, it, the numbers that they would have to lend at right now probably don't. There's some deals that just don't pencil. You're probably having to come to the table with more cash to pencil deals. And that could be a difficult thing for people. They don't have the money to put down on something. So that might be driving people down. The difference in profit from other parts of the country and and Dallas, I'm not 100% sure on, you know, um, I don't know if you've talked about before, but do you have a do you have a benchmark profit that you go for? Is it a percentage? Is it a lump sum that if, hey, if I can't get this, it's just not even really worth my time? Or how do you normally do that? Uh, yeah. So for me, I've always looked at uh, simple math from like a 15 to 20% cash on cash return is kind of the, the goal of what I'm looking for. Um, in some senses, I, I may be willing to go lower on that if if the time versus money convenience factor is there, right? Like, I mean, even this farmer's branch one, I'm definitely under those numbers as far as a cash on cash return goes. It's below that threshold. But based on time of year, getting into the deal, what I think that I can accomplish by getting in and getting out of this property and a high demand area based on price point, because I believe the ARV on that property is around like the 350 number, I believe. So it's it's that first time home buyer price point. And, mm-hmm. you know, some of the properties over there at that price point are lived in homes that haven't been renovated. So again, we go back to putting out a superior product in a competitive market where you're, you're one of a kind, right? If you're one of a kind, you're going to drive traffic and going to drive multiple offers potentially um, staying within that. Now, if you get bullheaded and you think oh man i'm a superior product and there's nothing else out here that matches that and let me push it to 400 yeah you're probably not going to get it right i mean you have to be aware that even though you have those things you have to be attractive enough to where somebody's gonna do that on their own almost right you can't take you can't make that decision for them and say well the average 
sales price is three fifty, but I feel like it's worth fifty thousand dollars more, or because I put fifty thousand yeah. in this property, I should be able to get four hundred. You know, if there's nothing to support that, that buyer, that consumer may not have the same mentality. But if they're looking at a consumer property that hasn't really been updated at three fifty, and you're listed at three fifty then they're much more willing to go ahead and attack yours and maybe pay more than asking because they see the value now, right? Yeah, yep. Well, good deal. Um, we will continue to talk about um, flipping. And if it, honestly, if you, if you want to learn how to invest and you, specifically you want to learn how to flip, you're in the right spot. I, uh, my partner here, he's done a ton and he's teaching me every day uh, the little nuances. Pay attention to this. Don't pay attention to that. And honestly, one of the biggest things that I feel like I've learned from you and your guys that you've chosen to work with, and I've said this a few times, is it's not necessarily the how-to, it's this the overall mentality. And it's the, I've been able to calm down a little bit inside of this storm, outside of just being just completely stressed all the time. It's still stressful. And when you're dealing with that much money coming in and going out and and timelines and the economy and the there's certain things that are just stressful. And if you are completely adverse to stress, flipping houses is probably not for you. But if you are able to take a deep breath and deal with facts and treat people around you similarly and surround yourself with people who don't get stressed and yell and freak out and throw things, then you can get through these. And I'm so grateful that I've been able to team up with Tavis and and now his guys that they're just this group of people that um, have all learned how to work together and 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 get a product that's really, really quality out there. So definitely grateful to Tavis for that. But yes, we will keep coming to you with that. I think maybe next week I would love to do, uh, I was listening to On the Market podcast. I've mentioned that before for Bigger Pockets. It's an economics podcast. So please listen to that. They did the, the, uh, the year predictions and the year in review as far as the interest rates. They had a lot of really cool things to say about what they expect for next year. And I think that would be interesting to talk about in our next market update next week. So please tune in for that. Again, a plug for uh, George Roddy, the interview that we're going to put out on Tuesday. You do not want to miss it. Um, Let's just say he used to carry around a lot of money in his pocket (laughs) doing deals. And that's that little 30 second statistic that he drops almost made me pass out. So you want to hear George talk about that on Tuesday. Please don't miss it. Um, but we hope you have a great week. If you haven't yet, like, subscribe, share, follow me on Instagram, the Dallas Real Estate Guy. You can go find Tavis on Facebook and on Instagram. He's Tavis Westbrook, Travis without the R. You can find him. We're about to get our uh, website going as well, kind of make this whole segment here a little bit cleaner because you'll be able to reach out to us at like the, the reheavyweights.com or something like that. So we're getting all official for, for our millions of listeners, <laughs> our adoring fans out there. We're, we're making it a little bit easier. So, uh, Tavis, I hope you have a great day. And for everybody out there, I hope you have a great day and the rest of the week. And we will see you next time. Thanks. See ya. Yeah.